Happy Hump Day. Today, we're doing a little bit of a different podcast style. We are reviewing some articles talking about probiotics that can be helpful for cleaning up toxins in the gut. We also talk about another trending article about a celebrity getting a parasite um, and the approach that they took and a little bit of information on one of the trending shows, You Are What You Eat. So we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it out. When you look good, you feel good. Uh-huh. That's the only way I feel you should. Coulda, woulda, never did it for you. Gotta do it for the love. Do it for the culture. Feel it in your soul. Life like a roller coaster. Got its ups and its downs, but you gotta keep going. Don't stop when you still got motion. Stay dedicated, daily devotion. Happy hump day, everyone. We are back with the food code. Liz and I have not seen each other for a month. It's been that long. It's been that long. Crazy. That is crazy. Um, we we don't like when we can't podcast together because like it's yeah. also like our sanity day where yeah. we just have 89 conversations <laughs> throughout the day of different things. Uh, Same thing as we do. It's our norm. We were messaging about something on Instagram and then I saw that you messaged me a question on Facebook and then I was like, wait, did we just switch platforms here again? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, uh, it, it very much so agitates my husband and he doesn't understand voice memos or like voice, uh, texts. He's like, why don't you guys just call each other? I'm like, well, if I can just tell her something within one minute, I don't need to call her. And I also can't necessarily talk to her that second, Mm -hmm. but I can listen to it later and then respond later. And then it's like, we can have a full conversation throughout the course of the morning (laughs) and it's much more effective. It's like a phone call that's broken up. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I actually sent Liz a meme that was, uh, it was like, girl, what happened? And then uh, it's a voice memo that's 57 minutes long, a picture of a voice memo. <laughs> I was like, that, that is it? We don't do that long. They're usually like at most two minutes. Um, but it's hard. Liz, Liz and I are very close and it's hard to be away from someone that like, because we also work from home right. all day, every day. So like, it's not like I get out and talk to a bunch of people throughout the day. So yeah. yeah. And now we're leaving tomorrow to go on a work trip and then in a couple more weeks to go on another work trip. Uh, and in between those work trips, my husband's traveling. So I was like, we were looking at our calendar for this month. I was like, when am I going to see you? That's crazy. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, when you sent me the flight information for coming home Friday night, I was like, I'm going to have to stay awake until midnight. I know. Maybe I'll sleep on the flight on the way home, but I'm sure we're gonna have so many things to do on our way back. So woof. So many. Do they call what do they call that when it I mean, maybe like it's just a, like a late night flight? Because it's not a red eye. It's not a red eye. We just the good news is that we gain an hour. So we leave at 9 30, but we land at 10 30. Um, because we're flying from Atlanta. So we are doing a little all day kind of like war room uh planning session with our business coaches to plan and map out 2024 and beyond. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be good. And is, art will be with us and then yep. I think their media team's coming. I'm not really sure what yeah. all is going to go down. Hopefully we can do some, you know, social media content. Yeah. And Lord knows I could always use some support in that category. <laughs> dual, dual purpose. We were talking about it this morning. We definitely sometimes, and I think this also correlates with our cycles, uh, get a little bit of like writer's block yeah. or creativity block. And I find that that happens more when, for example, days like yesterday, Ugh. 
you know, it's just nonstop, like client calls back to back. And, you know, I think it's a good time to maybe just bring this up and touch on this. So if you're a client or you're not a client, um, I have, uh, some people who don't necessarily maybe understand just how much time we spend as practitioners analyzing test results. And it's not because we don't know how to read the test. I can read the test in a couple minutes. It's because we're looking at multiple layers of things in terms of what's going on with this person, their symptoms, what have they done, their history. So, you know, for example, this past weekend, I was going through uh, a Dutch test and this person had, you know, SIBO coming in, all of that has resolved, which is great. She just got off birth control. There's a lot of moving parts for her and it takes an hour and a half, two hours, right? And then you're writing follow-ups that are pretty in depth. Um, And so, just whoever you're working with, I would say, understand that sometimes it's a little frustrating because test results, they do take time, right? Just to get back from the lab. And then especially with holidays or delays, um, you know, she's like, can we go through this right away? And I'm like, well, listen, I need at least 72 hours because I have other client calls and I, I need this time. So it ended up being Sunday morning that I had to do that because I had four test reviews yesterday. It's not just what you would experience when you go to a conventional medicine doctor where they pull up your lab panel and they're like, they don't see anything flagged high or low. Okay, cool. Everything looks normal. Yep. But your patient is sitting here sick AF feeling awful, right? She, so this particular gal also went to an endocrinologist a couple weeks ago. They ran three markers for blood work. I almost fell out of my chair in anger. She probably waited frustration. Four to get into the endocrinologist to begin yeah. with. So here's what we got. Cortisol, total T4 and a TSH. And I was like, ah. so helpful. And the endocrinologist didn't understand how looking at her hormones would give any insight into her insomnia, her brain fog, her anxiety. And I was like, does she not understand how hormones impact circadian rhythm, pretty much everything in your body, your melatonin? I just, you know, obviously there's a reason that she's working with me. (laughs) Well, yeah. But it's just quite frustrating. So just know your practitioners spend a lot of time on your protocols, you know, or they should. They should, yes. And that is why it's an investment um, to work Mm -hmm. with us and to work hopefully with all of the good practitioners out there. You are not just paying for testing and some protocols and follow-ups. Like Liz was saying, we I had the similar day yesterday. Yesterday was exhausting. It was very long. I was working until about 9.30 at night from 6 a.m. in the morning with a couple small breaks for food and the kids. kids. (laughs) Um, And Nick even was like, long day? I was like, yeah, very long day because- it's usually one to two hours reviewing the test, mm-hmm. at least 30 minutes to put together a follow-up yep. in terms of typing out the email, going through these tests is not always uh, very intuitive for someone that doesn't know what they're looking at. So we want to make sure that after we talk through it with them, we're writing out everything that is a result and why this tends to happen and what we're going to do about it. And so that, food that you can support with, right? Yes. Lifestyle, not just Supplements. supplements. I got an email. Um, I don't, I haven't even shared this with you, but I got an email. It was a, a person that called in and, um, spoke with art. And so he, you know, sent me an email, just wanted an opinion on yeah. you know, this case. And I said, she went into a functional doctor for SIBO and a few other kind of major symptoms and the supplements that they chose were good quality brands. I was like, this is not at all a SIBO protocol. And I don't pull probiotics into a SIBO case until down the line, if no. at all. So I was like, Eek. you know, that's all I can give you. I don't, I don't know anything else, but yeah. you know, a lot of people will think like, how am I just going to supplement? What's the number one supplement? What's the number one thing? Well, there's a variety of things that you need to be doing foundationally also with your nutrition, 
Because if your gut's not functioning, you're probably not absorbing those supplements anyway. Food's your largest input by yeah. far. Yeah. You, you eat food all day, every day. It is going to be absolutely the biggest input to inflammation, to digestion, to nutrient availability and absorption. There's just, yeah, there's, there's so many things. Um, so when you are talking to practitioners and considering working with one, understand that it is not just the 30-minute call or the 60-minute call that you have with us every couple of weeks. It is far more than that. And adjustment of plans and meal plans and taking into account all of those things um, because we care about our clients a lot. And yeah. so we want to make sure that we are doing our due diligence for them. Uh, and we get like, you know, you get a test back, you want to go over it right away or you want to, you know, know what to do and want it to be a solution within 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it just takes some time, you know, there's... I talk about all the times with hormones, follicular genesis is a process of the follicles developing. It takes 90 days. Mm -hmm. So anything that you do today to help improve hormones might not rear its effect for three months. Mm. You have to be patient sometimes. And that's and really hard and consistent. Um, <laughs> and that's really, really hard. And I think a lot of people, you know, especially after the holidays, you go into freak out mode, but like consider was the holidays kind of different than what you normally do. I know for us, it was so different. We traveled a ton, which always jacks me up. We did a lot of eating out, which I hate. We did, you know, I ate a little bit more sugar than I normally do, not face plant into a cake, but like every day I would have a couple bites of a cookie or something like that. Totally different than what it normally happens. That's different to your body. You're going to have your, and if you're in the middle of a protocol, you might be more sensitive to things than usual. So we just want to, you know, let people know that, Sometimes yeah, things I, are not immediate. I think too, a big part of this, because people, you know, you recognize as an investment to work with us, there's also a lot of things that happen behind the scenes in terms of what it takes to run an organization, right? All of the people uh, that it takes. And so it's, you know, partly investing in them too. And then I would also say, you know, when you really think about healing protocols, I'm just going to give my experience here uh, with what, you know, I went through with functional medicine because I've kind of started talking about this with, you know, people who are interested in the program is this is more of, of concierge uh, kind of support for yeah. you. Um, and in functional medicine, you know, you can see a natural path and get a plan from them and then maybe see them 30 days later or six weeks later, whatever that looks like. For my plan of care, uh, the person that I worked with, it was six months Um I believe the total investment was around 9,000 plus my supplements, which at one point was really hefty. And I, you know, did have that conversation of, Hey, this is $400 a month in supplements. Let's see what we can yeah. maybe adjust here. It was totally worth it because obviously being in remission of Hashimoto's <laughs> and moving past a lot of the things that I was really struggling with, that's priceless. There's not a price tag I can put on it. However, the reason why I'm so passionate about the way we work with our clients and communicate with our clients and that they have access to us is because when I was really in the trenches emotionally and when I was going through some of the Herx reactions that can happen, I didn't have a way to talk with them, right? What adjustments should I make? Do I stop all my supplements? Like, what do I do now? This is really challenging. You know, how do I, um, you know, press forward? And if it wasn't for art, like helping me push through some of those things, I probably would have said, F it, this is terrible, right? Yeah. And so even though you only have like a, 30 minute or 60 minute meeting every couple of weeks, a lot of our clients, if they are good communicators, at least, um, you know, message a lot in practice better. 
and, you know, come to office hours. And that's really effective, I think, um, just to help people work through some of the mental, emotional battles that they have, because it's not easy, especially if you don't have people surrounding you that get it right. Like, especially (laughs) I think about, so my family, I have kind of like a split of some people who are really functional and get it and love it. And others that like, even my sister said, I've just been so wired to accept the conventional medicine answer. I don't think like you do. Right. And so it's also providing education. Um, and you know, if there's things that you might want to talk through with your family, like having some of those conversations too, because now we get husbands on board, they want a genetics test, they're buying into the process. Wife's saying, Hey, I feel so much better. Or man, I had this eye-opening call today. I now understand why I've been feeling this way. And then you can create a path forward. So long story short, we just wanted to share that with you because I, I just know so many people come in and they're like five minutes, 15 minutes, whether it's functional or conventional. Um, cause I've also had a couple of clients that have sent me their functional protocols and I'm like, well, do you understand any of this? And like, what were you supposed to do with your diet alongside all of this? Uh, yeah. cause Otherwise, you kind of wasted a lot of money. But anyways, when we talk about food being our biggest input, we know that you can see a lot of things on the interwebs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so this actually, this podcast was sparked by um, an article that I read a couple weeks ago. And then just this weekend, one of my best girlfriends who has fibromyalgia and has dealt with, you know, some things herself health wise, sent me an article and this is on theguardian.com. And the title is Past the Yogurt. Can probiotics help negate the toxicity of plastic in our stomachs? And it's a pretty good article. There's a lot of research in here. There's a lot of studies that they are referencing, which I think is really cool. Uh, So I took a little bit of time to, you know, read over this, but I do want to just call out that if someone just at the surface, you know, was to read an article or see something like many people do about probiotics, they don't often understand that they're is further reading to be done, very specific strains that are used. Um, And in this article, they do talk about specific types of probiotics found not just in yogurt, but also fermented pickles, which is good. Um, You know, but read these articles with a a fine comb, right? What does it comb through it finally? I don't know. Grain of salt. Grain of salt. Yeah. And, And just make sure that when you're reading this, you're actually, if you were going to start supplementing using the same strains of probiotics that they're studying, because there is use of probiotic in different ways. And it also depends upon the individual's microbiome, you know, the environment and the balance of bacteria currently within their microbiome. And so this is basically talking about probiotics affecting microbiome plastics, right? And our ability to detoxify them, um, how they interact within the gut microbiome and how they affect our stomachs, which I think is fantastic that we're bringing light to this, but don't just take this at surface level and go start buying probiotics because off the shelf at your CVS Mm. or Mm. like nature's made. Oh gosh. Um, so something to understand, and there's actually a really great podcast. Joe Rogan interviewed, um, Brigham, Brigham was his first name. I can't remember his last name, but he, I was telling Liz that he owns a compounding pharmacy. Uh, and what they talk about a lot of times with FDA approval of things is not to always trust it. So great. Um, the supplement industry is a very shady industry. There is very little testing that tends to happen. Um, and very little like independent and third party testing, which is 
unbiased, you send it out because it's a lot more expensive. So there's a reason that certain probiotics, that certain supplements are more expensive than other supplements because they put them through that testing and they're better quality. They have to do climate control. Like he, he was actually an ex drug rep. And he said, he's like, all of us would drive around and you would have basically this case in the back of your car in your trunk and you would have drugs in there and supplements and you would take them to doctor's offices and you would talk about their efficacy and all of this. And I lived in Texas. It was 110 degrees outside and I'm not climate controlling those supplements. And so you may be wasting your money completely. And we've done podcasts on this before, mm-hmm. but you may be wasting your money completely going and buying a probiotic from your local Walgreens or Costco or wherever it might be, or even like your GNC. Mm-hmm. So that is why we have, and if you want to, we can link out the Fit Mom full script dispensary. We have and use only dispensaries that we trust. And so within the dispensary, you get a discount. It's free to have an account, but all of the products in there are climate controlled. Mm-hmm. And don't go in there and just get the same product off Amazon. Amazon does not climate control their products. And so you will essentially get something that like the strain of bacteria in that probiotic is dead. It is, you're not even receiving the million, 10 billion, whatever CFUs that are they're saying are in those probiotics. And then also like Liz is saying, making sure that is it is the strain that you are trying and need to get because there's hundreds of different bacterial strains and they all can benefit different things. So are there some general bacterial strains that are great for most people? Yes, there are. But there are some that like you may not need or you know mm. you may need and you're not getting. Uh, so in particular with this article, they talk about lactobacillus ruteri, and that is the main one that they studied or one of the main ones that they studied in reducing the concentration of the chemical of the BPA containing cans or packages by up to 90% when consumed with that juice or whatever was packaged in the BPA containing cans. So yes, there is a very large benefit to doing these things. But like we're saying, you need to read these and it's not just, I'm going to go buy a probiotic at the drugstore down the street. Yeah. Well, and, and what this is referencing too is is yogurt, right? So they're talking about um, different foods here, but they also showed lactobacillus planetarium and lactobacillus aphidophilus had detoxified BPA by 95 and 90% respectively. And so that's something that you would see on the label in yogurt. If you're yep. buying a good quality, ideally like grass-fed, um, you know, yogurt. Um, and I think this is another big thing because different yogurts have different strains and you might find like me, I don't personally tolerate yogurt very well, but other dairy sources I'm fine with. I don't drink milk cause I just never liked it. Grew up on skim milk, which is disgusting. Um, <laughs> but you know, I just wanted to call this out is, is understand that when you see an article, it's important to do a little bit further digging and research. And I would start with food first because diet diversity is the most important thing that you can, you know, it's the best thing that you can do for your microbiome. So you could try, as we've talked about on other podcasts, different types of yogurts. Try also like pickles. You want to make sure that it's in a good brine, but, you know, try different prebiotics, probiotic foods, fermented foods, kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, those different things so that you have a diversity in your microbiome. And then I would personally not be supplementing, um, you know, with 
any type of probiotic, honestly, uh, unless I knew what was really going on in my, my microbiome because there's a time and a place for them. Um, that said, so I wanted to touch on the thing that you mentioned about Amazon. That said, I do 100% agree with not buying products from Amazon, ideally in terms of supplements. However, I have clients who, oh my gosh, I am so sick. I've got to go on an antibiotic. We tried to avoid it at all costs. I want it to get to you as fast as possible. Absolutely. So then we will say, or like diarrhea, going to the bathroom, Saccharomyces boulardii works really well to slow this down. Go to your local Walgreens, get this particular flora store or go on Amazon. Is it the best case scenario? No, but in an acute situation, sometimes we'll use that. And then in addition to this, we've done a full podcast on probiotics, different strands, what you can use, different products, why you would use those. So I'll link that out in the show notes for you as well. But we wanted to just bring this to light because gosh, so many people would just, I feel like read this at the surface level and then go get your go-gurts. I <laughs> <laughs> think that you're doing your gut a service. <laughs> yes. All right. Now the next article that we want to cover is about parasites. Oh, so I, this, this parasite in particular is also near and dear to my gut <laughs> because I had it. Yes. All right. So this was on Apple news. And, uh, unfortunately if I link it out, I don't think it's going to work. It wasn't working for Becca. So it is, uh, January 5th. They published this Tamron hall. She is a show host, uh, show host. Yeah. A show host. She has her own show, the Tamron Hall show. Um, and she contracted a parasite last year that she's just now talking about. She had severe symptoms after doctors discovered a parasite in her gut. I wasn't doing well. I was sick for about two weeks. So it's interesting to read this article because I always get excited when non-functional people talk about the fact that parasites are very real. Oh yeah. And blastocystis hominis is very common. She probably had a very acute high infection. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have, I had blastocystis hominis and I had no idea. I mean, it was present and it was high on my GI map, but I was not having severe pain or discomfort from it. So you can have acute infections that caught, and people can be asymptomatic basically. Um, So it can also affect, blastocystis hominis can also affect your cycle. It's a very common one that affects menstrual cycles and creates irregularities within them. Uh, But yeah, they are very common. And she mentioned in the article too, like, I'm not dirty. I didn't, you know, I didn't eat in a dirty kitchen. Like people correlate parasites with dirty water, poop, foreign countries, all those things. They are so unbelievably common, guys. It is it's crazy. Yes. Uh, also pets are carriers. Oh yeah. So kissing your pets, probably not a good idea. Um, children are carriers. So I had, uh, Giardia, Giardia and Blastocystis hominis are two very well known, I would say, or better known in the United States, but there are hundreds of different types. I would say C. diff is a pretty common one. Not common, but we see it. Yeah. But I mean, there are, microscopic, you know, parasites. And if you read the book, uh, what came to dinner talks about, for example, Giardia can live under your fingernails for seven days. So it's, it's pretty wild, but I love that this, you know, kind of came to light. Now, what I don't love is the conventional medicine treatment for this, right? So they gave her, I mean, obviously she was very uh, sick with blastocystis. You can have all kinds of things like Horrible abdominal pain, bloating, weight loss, fatigue, fever, diarrhea, nausea, loss of appetite, all different, you know, types of symptoms can present. And so their course of treatment is antibiotics. Now, I would 
love to know if someone could give us the answer why they don't use the medication that has been used. I think it's the longest standing medication, ivermectin we've talked about, for deworming. And it is very effective for parasites. Why did they choose that over antibiotics? That's just what I would like to know. Because they can't profit on it. Well, that maybe have something to do with that. So anyways, let's talk about antibiotic resistance, right? So it's fantastic. She took this antibiotic. She's feeling better. A lot of times we'll see this with SIBO cases too. Took the rifaximin treatment, feeling better. H. pylori took two antibiotics and a proton pump inhibitor, feeling better. But the relapse rate is very high. So just for SIBO purposes, let's say small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, it will work in 80% of the cases. However, 60% of that 80% will relapse. Yep. So that's not a very good rate if you were to break it down. Yeah. And then what we also have to remember is blastocystis hominis, H. pylori, SIBO, none of these things are root causes. We're also going to tap into the show, uh, You Are What You Eat. And if you guys haven't seen this, we'll dive into this a little bit more. They're talking about um, you know chicken and the rate of salmonella and the rate of E. coli, which is pretty alarming. But one of the things that you know I thought immediately is you're never going to beat the bacteria. Bacteria no. is all around us at all times. But what you can do is make yourself a strong defensive host. So you may remove the bacteria. You may kill it off. You may you know target it with antibiotics. May or may not have been effective, but it worked you know on her symptoms. So that's great. But now, how does she? become a defensive host so that this doesn't happen again, that she can handle these things. That all starts with, obviously you want to have good eating hygiene, sanitization and so forth, but good quality or robust stomach acid, I should say. And when you are taking antibiotics, you always want to follow up with a repair because you've not just addressed what they were using it for, the parasite or bacteria, SIBO, H. pylori, whatever it might be, You've also killed off a lot of your good bacteria in the microbiome, which are your defenders. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So the way we explain antibiotics versus herbs and a you know different uh, type of eradication agents is antibiotics are kind of like a nuclear bomb that go in versus herbs can be more like snipers to get what you want to eradicate and not just everything. And so you're creating kind of an open wound. You're creating this huge environment. And if the reason that you got these, you know, conditions, infections, whatever it might be in the first place, is because of the environment and the inadequacies of that environment. There was not enough good bacteria potentially to fight or balance the bad bacteria. And so the bad bacteria can take over. The immune system might be too active. And so it's allowing bad bacteria to kind of come in and set up shop and conquer, creating all the symptoms for you. There is, like Liz was saying, the stomach acid situation, that stomach acid is extremely protective. And actually, after antibiotics, we see an increase in stomach acid for a period of time, not a decrease. But in general... When our stomach acid is too low, you are now losing a protective mechanism of, you know, like Liz was saying, the E. coli, the salmonella, these bacteria that our body should be able to handle for the most part. Yes, maybe you get an acute sickness. You get, you know, food poisoning, whatever it might be, comes and goes, very transient, very acute. But these bacterial infections or parasites or viruses that come up and set up shop, it is likely because your system is a vulnerable, susceptible host of a system. It's not the bacteria that was the problem. The bacteria has always existed. 
it is the system that's the problem. And so you have to fix the system so that after that antibiotic that she took, she now doesn't have this whole, you know, open wound per se that can be infected again very easily. And so post antibiotic or with the antibiotic, we always recommend taking whether it's a Saccharomyces boulardii which can help crowd out certain bad bacteria. You can take um a Prospore Plus or a Proflora 4R or some very, you know, megaspore, like a spore-based probiotic to help rebuild from the very, spore-based probiotics are really good in kind of a raw environment mm-hmm. to help go in and slowly rebuild a good environment for bacteria. Uh, and then, you know, being careful and working to include prebiotics in your diet and, you know, fermented foods. Basically think about, okay, if I had an open raw situation, what do I want to introduce to that? What do I want to help to have it build into a good situation? I don't want to go in and eat a bunch of sugar afterwards because now I'm just going to feed an environment negatively. I want to go in and give good foods, give good prebiotics through fibers and you know types of things like leafy green vegetables, low uh, lean proteins, healthy fats, giving diversity to my gut. And so it's not just, oh, I go and take an antibiotic and everything's better. It's how can I pair my diet and maybe some supports with that antibiotic so that I don't create this vulnerable host situation again? It's not the bacteria that's the problem. Yes, do I think bacteria is mutating and becoming much stronger in a lot of senses? I do. But I think that also is because we are using antibiotics like freaking candy and Mm -hmm. There is research that shows, I believe it's four rounds of antibiotics in your life can almost permanently change your gut microbiome. Fasting can also help with that. So obviously you need to do it in a proper way, but mm-hmm. post-antibiotic fasting can help to kind of reset the gut Fast, lining. Fasting while you're sick yes. can help, right? Because you get into autophagy and you're working to kill things Spikes faster. The immune system. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh God. Yeah. The use of antibiotics, especially with the kiddos, you know, sometimes it's, it's warranted, like you need it, you know, yeah. but even for um, example, we had uh, Marcus in the whatever, like urgent care, pediatric, pediatric urgent yeah. care. I was thinking, Oh my God, maybe it's like his appendix or whatever. Cause he's like randomly saying when his sight hurt. Um, and then she thought maybe this was like turning into pneumonia with how he was wheezing. Yes. I'm going to give him antibiotic. I didn't complete the treatment though. He felt better in three days. I stopped it and he's been fine. Yeah. I didn't go through the whole 10 days. Yeah. And I put in Omega Spore kids right after in terms of the gummy form, you just have to do the best that you can. Yep. But yeah, of course we're, and there's a pill for every ill, right? Antibiotic, here's another Z pack. And then you don't realize also um, for a lot of people, histamine, histamine responses that happen after histamine gets higher and higher. And then they just keep going back and they keep trying to, you know, take other medications, Zyrtec and blocking all these things yet. That's not actually helping the body digest the histamine and just keeps building up. So anyways, we just thought that these would be, you know, some good topics to cover with you because you see a lot of the stuff in the news. People want to, you know, kind of disregard parasites. I know that I've had two clients who have come to me after two visits to the ER. Both of them had parasites, different parasites, be it. But we found the reason. We went through protocols. Both of them feel amazing now. And it's just frustrating because these things should be talked about more. Yeah. Especially when somebody's having that acute like abdominal side pain, they're doing scans, they're not finding anything, nothing showing up on blood work. Well, things do show up on blood work, uh, depending upon how you analyze that blood work. But 
we can address and we can, you know, help people get out of the state without really harsh treatments. So hopefully you guys, you enjoyed this. If there's articles that you would love for us to review, you can always send those in info at fitmomlife.com. Or if you have a question that you want, you know, a topic to be covered, you can always fill out our form at fitmomlife.com backslash ask. And if you're somebody who is struggling with your health and you want to have a free discovery call with our team, you can always do that as well. And the link for that is in the show notes. And with that, we will be back on Friday. Put a smile on your face. Never let them take your joy away. Let the sunshine make your day. Take your hand of your love. Wanna dance the night away. But get away and escape on a vacay. Life's a marathon, not a relay. It's up to you to do what you love to do. Let no one stop you.